visceral need to get out of my parents' house again because I was living large before. You know, I was in <laughs> hotels. Yeah. Uh, it was such a good life right before that happened. Uh, I was there only four months, but it was a wild, maybe longer, maybe six months. It was a wild six months because the company was in hyper growth. And we went during that six months, I think, from like, uh, it was something like 15 million in revenue to like 25 million. Like it, was, it was pretty good growth. And All right. So today I have on Alex Berman. He is an agency owner. He's the owner of Experiment 27. They help other agencies to do outreach. He specializes in B2B lead gen, but he pretty much covers the gamut in terms of every type of prospecting, sales, inside sales, outside sales, lead generation. Alex has done it all and he helps everyone by teaching what he does on YouTube. So Alex, thank you for coming on today. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. It's great to be here. Yeah, I'm excited, man. I know uh, you saw the questions. They're mostly about sales. So if you're ready, you want me to just jump into these? Let's do it. Great. So before the call, we were talking a little bit about how, you know, you're getting into the entertainment industry now. You're trying to sell, I think it was a TV show. You already worked, produced a movie. And that kind of gets at this first question, which is your channel covers so many different topics. So the one theme that runs through all of it is sales, how to pitch ideas, how to package ideas and products and then sell them to people. How did that become the focus of your channel? How did you decide to double down on the skill of sales and prospecting? So I decided, I decided to take the channel seriously uh, when I was CMO at a, uh, we were a, a startup that sold lead gym. And basically it was my job to create YouTube videos, but I didn't take it seriously at all at that point. Yeah. Like I hadn't really edited content. I was just kind of making YouTube videos that backed up the Quora questions uh, I would answer because Quora was our big lead gen channel. And then uh, at, at a certain point that company fell apart and it, it was going under quick and I could feel it. And the boss would, would take longer and longer to respond <laughs> to my message. <laughs> and so at that point uh, I realized, um, I, I realized as I was missing paychecks and had to move back in with my parents that I needed oh, to start wow. taking seriously, uh, if it was going to save, you know, I needed something to, to keep me afloat. And so YouTube became a, uh, just a platform for accountability there. And so I decided to think of it kind of like a TV channel and do three videos a week. And then I thought of the audience and the audience was my old boss uh, when I worked as director of marketing at a digital agency in New York. And I was like, what kind of content would this guy want? Uh, and okay. the answer I thought of was anything that was super tactical, super B2B related. So mm -hmm. for a good year and a half after that, I released three videos a week, all only thinking of that avatar. And then the avatar, you know, widened a little bit. Now we're talking about music. I helped my brother get a job in music and like we're doing TV and all this stuff now too. But that's, nice. uh, it, it all stems from that initial decision of who am I going to make videos for? And then that, uh, that visceral need to get out of my parents' house again. Cause I was living large before you know, I was in hotels. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was such a good life right before that happened. <laughs> I had oh, to get wow. back. <laughs> and how long was that for that you were doing that, that you were seeing over that company? Uh, I was there only four months, but it was a wild, maybe longer, maybe six months. It was a wild six months cause the company was in hyper growth. And we went during that six months, I think from like, uh, it was something like 15 million in revenue to like, 25 million. Like it was, it was pretty good growth in six months. It was good. Yeah. Um, and people were talking about buying us 
and all this shit. Like it felt, I, I don't know how much of that was true or not, you know, cause if the company fell apart, obviously something was, was flawed there, but that's what I was being told. So I was just like pumped, dude. I got into a bunch of debt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You thought you were going to be, you thought you were going to be Yeah. Yeah. That's rough, man. That's funny. Um, but I guess it led you to where you're at. So that's cool. So with the sales, with the sales stuff, um, I know that you, you've got like a ton of crazy results in a bunch of different fields. Can you talk at all about some of your top like student results? I, I saw a video you recently posted that had me thinking about this topic. Yeah. Maggie uh, is one of our students. She just closed. It was a $30,000 speaking gig uh, over email. Yeah. Yep. Uh, <laughs> not, so no crazy. phone call. That was pretty epic. And then uh, one of our clients, uh, Alex, who runs a Magento company, so custom software dev, mm-hmm. uh, we did a consult and basically we had him go after his current clients uh, to get him to upgrade from Magento 1 to Magento 2. I think he emailed four people. Three of them ended up getting back. Three of them bought. And he, he made, I think, 100K off of that in under 30 days. So there's some big wins yeah. there. Um, I don't know. It, it all comes down to optimizing your current system. Like this wasn't Maggie's first speaking gig but it was her biggest. Uh, and it wasn't Alex's first sale of a Magento client, but it, you know, three and 30 days was, it was actually one of his top months. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I think that's, that's where it all comes down to. Uh, it's all about just taking what's working and optimizing it. And then if nothing works yet, uh, scrambling like a maniac to figure out something that's working so you can double down on it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. Another, another part of that that we're talking about is, you mentioned scrambling specifically agency owners. You were talking about how, you know, most agency owners can scramble to get clients and they're kind of just doing this cycle where they are kind of comfortable and then they're sort of scrambling and they don't have any system in place for Legion. So can you talk about it all? Like what are the top couple things that you see people doing wrong and what you tell them to do to kind of get that system rolling in their own companies? I'd say the main problem is exactly what you said. And I've seen this at agencies that have 20 million in revenue and tiny one man shops. It's yeah. you, you know how to go to events, right? You can, you can go to events, you can generate leads there. You know how to get referrals, how to ask people to send you clients. You even know how to answer core questions probably and generate leads that way, how to post to social media, how to cold email, how to cold call businesses if you really need work. Like you know how to do all this stuff. But while you're working, you feel like you don't have to. And so by the time you go and do the marketing that you already know how to do, you're, you're done. Like you're in this feast <laughs> or famine mode and then that leads you to taking on clients you don't normally want. And then you end up in this vicious cycle mm-hmm. of uh, just taking referrals. I've seen companies that have 20 million in revenue that are still 90 to 100% referrals. Uh, it's, it's bad. So what to do instead is to uh, generate more meetings than, than you can handle in your niche. And the way to do that Easiest way I've found off the bat is, uh, is cold email uh, and cold calling. Oh man. That's like the answer. Nobody wants to hear. (laughs) (laughs) That's like, so that's like, it seems like there's so many people online advertising that there's like some magic bullet for B2B. There is a magic, there is a magic bullet. The magic bullet is make a list of the companies you want to work with, write a custom (laughs) compliment, you know, what you like about them, send them an email. It's like actually doing the work is the shortcut. It's it's doing the work, but I mean, even for X27 today, I just got the stats back. We sent 30 emails and within four hours we had one meeting. And I mean, that's, that's decent. It's a little lower than, I think it's going to turn into two meetings, three meetings off of follow-ups, but yeah, I mean, 
it's not it's not like it takes a week to come up with 30 first lines that was like an hour of work to get one meeting you know we got eight hours a day that we could be doing this <laughs> yeah no totally totally that's so interesting man i don't i don't know it seems like it feels when i'm doing prospecting it feels like every single part like building my list getting enough research about the person like i know you have a system for a one line but i'm still like i generally add a little bit of like something that's customizable in each part of an email I'm sending. And I feel like every part just takes, takes me so long, man. Like, yeah. And that, that could be one of the issues uh, with why you're struggling. Um, yeah. One of the reasons why I boiled it down to just the single first line is because mm-hmm. I had issues with sending emails. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I couldn't, if I'm working too hard or if there's too many custom fields or if it just takes too long per lead, I'm not going to do it. It takes maybe three minutes to do a custom first line. And we've got a team now that does it for us. It, mm-hmm. And Penny, it takes pennies it's just paying uh, for freelancers to get the actual leads and get the data. So the biggest thing, uh, you can customize each email, right? In, in an ideal world, I would write custom emails, mm-hmm. but I would, rather, I would rather somebody send 40 emails a week than have them not send any emails because they don't like customization. Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah. No, totally. <laughs> totally. That's awesome. Uh, and I know that you guys just in case people are interested in, I know you guys have consulting. Do you guys have any training products right now that you guys are offering for people to learn how to set a system like this up? Yeah, we have epic mail machine.com, uh, which is our email course. And actually that goes over how to get hundred K clients with no portfolio. Even it goes over partnerships. So if you don't have any portfolio, how to find agencies and reach out to them to get them to let them to let you use their portfolio and then you can use that to get more enterprise clients. Cause that's another big thing that agencies uh, deal with when they're first starting out is they don't have a logo that can attract other logos. Yes. Yeah, totally. I was just going to say, I was just going to say that, you know, it seems like when I talk to a lot of people that are in enterprise sales, a lot of the sales development reps, it's like, it sounds like they're just like blasting out emails and trying to rely on the name recognition of their company to get them meetings. It doesn't seem like a lot of people, there's too much more to it. That's surprising. Yeah. It's the, it's the case studies. So not just the name recognition of their company, but it's the name recognition of the clients they've worked with. Uh, I know we got our first, a lot of our first experiment 27 clients uh, came from my job as director of marketing at an agency in New York. So the agency I worked with was pretty well known, still pretty well known, huge actually in, in New York. And I used that in the emails. I got the, you know, the boss's permission, my former client's permission. And that generated a lot more clients. He was actually uh, talking to these clients and helping me, uh, like being the advocate for me <laughs> telling, and telling them how, how well we did. So that's, I used that awesome. to get more case studies. And then from there, I uh, used those case studies to get even more. A lot of it is just trading up. I actually got the job at that agency by trading my case studies up the same way. Uh, mm-hmm. I. Uh, so, so that's, that's been the entire, actually, that's the entirety of my career is like, you do one small thing and you yeah. try to, you try to frame it in the most like successful yeah. way possible. And then you just kind of keep sorry. trading up until people give you bigger opportunities. Totally. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, I think, yeah, that's important. Um, man, there's so many things I want to ask you. Uh, well, let's start with this. So recently you took these skills that you developed in you know packaging ideas products setting meetings closing sales and now you're taking it and moving into entertainment so you produce your own video you have this piece of work that you've executed on and now you're trying to sell something different can you talk about that at all or talk about why you got into that 
What did I get into entertainment? Uh, yeah. I don't know. Just kind of felt like it, dude. I like I liked uh, I like comedies. Um, I watched a lot of TV growing up, and that was that's mainly the reason why I felt like I needed to do something uh, passionate. Plus, selling a TV yeah. show is very similar to B two B sales. So yeah, we ran yeah. the same process. Me and my little brother went out to Hollywood, and we went to the comedy store. And our first client was actually Pauly Shore, uh, who's the owner of the comedy store. And we just walked up to oh, him really? and we're like, hey, hey, dude, <laughs> we want to make an animation for you. Uh, we offered yeah. to work for free. And he actually luckily had an animation idea. We ended up working for free for like a month to put this thing together. And that was our first, I mean, that was our first project. We've been able to leverage that pretty hard. And then oh, we yeah. used that to get some other people involved. And then uh, we actually used that. Uh, the writer of that Pauly Shore thing became... Uh, the, he had a TV show idea, and that's the main show that we're getting traction with right now is his TV show. So it's just, you know, whatever. We use the same thing. You know, work for free to get the first client, major case study, and yeah. then trade up. Yeah. <laughs> it's a virtuous cycle. Man, I love that. That's crazy. <laughs> you guys, it sounds like you guys made this happen pretty quick. Uh, I mean, it's been about a year. We still haven't sold a TV show. We've gotten close a few times. Our reality show concept almost worked. Uh, we've we've had we've done this isn't the first time we've done this. This is just, and it's not the first time the writer on the TV shows tried either. He's been trying to get this show sold for eight years. Like, it's oh. only in the last three or four months that like you know cold email is, is working. We're putting it out. The big thing that's working for him, um, the big change, is it was a two prong strategy. The first one was. We're trying to get as many big names attached as cameos as possible. So yeah. this guy is a door guy at the comedy store. He's worked with Polly a lot. And so he's, he's got access to a lot of these big name comedians. So he's been asking them for advice on his show and what he should do. And then he's been asking them to cameo. And then we can use those in the emails. We use those in the emails to yeah. get a showrunner attached. And uh, showrunner is somebody that's been working on major TV shows. And now we use that showrunner's name and the comedians together. We got a package. Now we can go out and sell to networks. Oh yeah, <laughs> very simple, dude. Very, very simple. Yeah. Took me yeah. forever to figure out. <laughs> that's awesome. No, that's, cool. <laughs> that's so cool. But yeah, the goal is to create. I want it to be a TV show selling system because I don't want this to be just one show that we sell. I, I, I'm trying to create a, a whole production company. Huh. So when you say a TV selling system, do you mean like just the like connecting all the people and selling the yeah. to people or do you mean like what do you mean by production studio you mean like the actual shooting and filming as well like part of it no uh production studio so getting shows made exactly what i talked about um yeah. but on a you know with more people so like people want to make a tv show all right we run them through this system we kind of build a package we get the showrunner we talk to the networks we we sell the show it's very similar to if you ever read there's this book uh called creative artist agency there's another book called who is mike ovitz uh mike ovitz used to run hollywood in the 80s and 90s he actually invented the coca-cola uh bears like whatever those white bears he invented that entire campaign he made coca-cola like billions and billions of dollars but his entire thing was creating these packages so he used to say that or he said in this book that it's most of hollywood is just faking it and kind of putting it together and i resonated hard with that because that's exactly how i sell everything <laughs> you just get a couple people hyped up you kind of create a thing that never existed before what was the name of the book i'll have to check it out man uh, Creative Artists Agency was CAA, I think is the name of the book. And then Who is Mike Obitz is more, as a, like a startup guy, entrepreneur, you'll probably like that one. That's his autobiography. 
That's awesome. Yeah, I'll check that out. I know there's another one called, uh, I think it's like the Hit Factory, but it talks about this dude that was really big in the music industry at Packaging Up Talent. He's like the guy who started all the boy bands and like, ah, oh, yeah, I think it's called the Hit Factory. It's so interesting though. Exactly what you're talking about. Well, there's something to that. I really resonate with those type of people because it's like that guy who started the boy bands, I'm blanking on his name. I think he's in jail right now. But before he got arrested, uh, he, was, he was very good. Like if somebody told him, or if he told somebody he wanted to be in the Backstreet Boys, you know, people would laugh at him. And yet now, you know, he ended up running Backstreet Boys in sync, like all these different people, because he just figured out how to do it. He didn't need a sync. You know, yeah. it turns out no need. You just need to find singers <laughs> that don't know how to market themselves, find songwriters and just kind of put yeah. them together. He discovered, yeah, he discovered Max Martin, who right now runs, I mean, he's got so many hits on the on the. That's the guy I'm thinking of, Max Martin, man, yeah. Okay, so Max Martin's one part, but the guy that uh, put the Backstreet Boys together, it's a little bit of a better story. He was like an insurance salesman and he discovered Max Martin. Max Martin was doing almost nothing before this guy came out of the woodwork and then he got all these hits. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, uh, the guy that's in jail yeah. is the one, I, the one I respect. Yeah, <laughs> I respect probably, the, probably the more exciting <laughs> life. That's exciting life. Uh, man, that's so interesting. So how are you gonna, okay, so anyone that doesn't know Alex is running experiment 27 how much hands-on time does this take of you now are you going to keep doing this or are you going to transition out of that x27 I'm the chairman now uh, we've got a general manager that runs the day-to-day oh, nice. and then Robert uh is used to be the CEO he's still technically the CEO he's more of like the COO now uh he's mm -hmm. almost the chairman now I almost outsourced my other job but no I spend like 30 minutes a week on it Oh, that's great. So yeah, you're very hands off. Wow. So full time into this entertainment thing. Yeah. So I run X27. The consulting stuff takes a lot of time, actually not selling it, but just fulfilling it. So I'm going to try to optimize out of that. And then the, mm -hmm. the course takes almost no time. Actually, everything takes no time except for the consulting. That's what, that's what takes all the time. Yeah. And then yeah, enter entertainment, but I don't see that as work. And I don't even really see consulting as work. I'm, I think I'm doing everything that only stuff that I really want to do. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, with X27, the key to getting that down to 30 minutes a week was letting people do the work they were hired for and not jumping in and trying to change it. Uh, I let Robert, like, he basically plateaued our company for three or four months. And then I had to come when he was the CEO and I had to come That's in cool. and like, we had to work together on figuring out a plan to move forward and like try to, you know, change the systems in a way that led to constant growth. But I was fine for I was fine to let that happen because I know what it'll lead to. I know it'll lead to a, a multi multi million dollar business, and uh, one that takes no time. You know, if I if I wanted to work constantly, I'm sure we could grow a little faster. But I'm optimizing both for money and for freedom. Yeah, yeah, very true. Different objectives. So. It sounds like you're pretty experienced, man, with setting up these systems, you know, and obviously now, not just in terms of lead gen. So like what sort of advice do you have for someone that's just starting an agency or maybe like, maybe like a year in and they're trying to get closer to where you're at? Cause it sounds like you systematize it pretty well. Sure. So the first thing to do is, uh, agencies work in basically three parts. So there's marketing sales and production. I would remove yourself from two of those as quickly as possible and hire people to do one of, or both, both of these. Um, ideally, if you're, if you're new, you can drop marketing and you can just focus on sales and production. Uh, production would be like making the ads if you're in an ad company or like making the apps. 
Uh, that's the easiest one I've found to find high quality talent for. Uh, sales talent, good sales talent's very expensive and very hard to find. So I would focus on sales. That's exactly what I did. Uh, I hired Robert as, he was just a content writer. Uh, he became the CEO of, uh, eventually, but I just hired, you see this light all over me? I do, yeah. I look like Hellraiser. <laughs> <laughs> Got the blinds going, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I don't know if there's anything, I can, maybe I can open this. Is that better or worse? Nice. Are you on, are you on, is that you on the West Coast? You gotta be on the West Coast, right? Yeah, I'm in Vegas. Oh yeah, that's why. Cool. Cool. So okay, so you said you said to outsource marketing first. Outsource production first. Mm -hmm. um, so I dropped marketing because if we're talking about a new agency, you basically have revenue generation and fulfilling the work. Get somebody else to fulfill the work as quickly as you possibly can. There's so many of these people way more producers that work at a very high level than there are salespeople. So do that first. Uh, second thing is focus exclusively on generating revenue and making work for that person. Um, I would say there's a, a couple ways to do that. One would be deciding exactly who you want to work for and cold calling until you're booked solid, uh, <laughs> cold calling and cold emailing. Uh, number two, once that's done, uh, you can focus on the other stuff. Uh, I would hire a salesperson once that's done. Use that revenue to hire a salesperson who can continue cold calling, cold emailing, and then you can work on uh, marketing after that, which is, you know, Quora posts, uh, messing around with directories like Clutch, um, YouTube, all that stuff. But all that comes way after. Uh, that's, the, that's the biggest thing I learned. Um, it... It's only important to do the work that nobody else can do. And what I always try to do is uh, try to make all the work I do as outsourceable as possible. So if I know step-by-step step how to generate a dollar for Experiment 27, and it's step-by-step step like that, and I record a video of me doing it, and I, or I write it in a doc, or I have my assistant do that for me, uh, then somebody else can do it. Uh, that was actually our major insight this year that's that's leading to a lot of success and actually allowed Robert to stop spending all this time in the agency also. Yeah. Um, which is we're trying to create, or we did create now, but we're, we're still working on it. We tried to create a full machine with the agency. So every single role in the agency is hot swappable. Um, if somebody's failing or somebody's not hitting their KPIs, they can not only be replaced, but we have another candidate ready to go, ready to put in their place. Um, and that's, that's where you have to be if you if you don't want to work in your business. And then the other the other thing, I think third thing, is uh, psychological, which is you got to be ready for your company to completely fall apart. That's that's one of the big things uh, that I that I keep coming back to is like, yeah, you know, I don't I really don't care if I fail because I'll I know I can just put it back together and it'll just like kind of work out. And uh, as long as you're convinced that that is true, then your people can make a lot of mistakes. And uh, you'll be fine. I know we've made a, a bunch of mistakes at X27. Uh, we've, we've fired four or five salespeople we've gone through. Uh, we fired a director of operations. Um, we've had a couple people, major director level people quit on us. Uh, it's just you know, stuff goes wrong. And yeah. as long as the system is built in a way that uh, it can keep going, then the business will, will persevere, It'll keep making money. Yeah, that's the big thing. So you, you uh, as a founder, your job is to figure out how you can make money profitably. That's it. 
and uh, try to outsource everything else, including the actual making of the money. Your job is to figure out how to make the money, not to make the money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's the hard part, man. That's definitely the hard part when you get started. I know I, as soon as I started, was just like, let me see how much work I can get myself, work myself into 12 hours a day. Yeah, well, the, the problem, the only problem with that is you're doing the work. Because if you were like, let's see how much work I want to get myself, you've reached out to all your referral networks, maybe you got four clients, and then you outsourced all that work. Yeah. Now you can go get four or five more clients, you're good to go. The yeah. problem is when you do the work yourself, now you're trapped in this cycle. And it's actually almost because now you're stretched for cash. The only way to really get out of that is to either land a big client or to go into debt at that point or borrow yeah. money from somebody. Yeah. No, that's true. Like it's, it really is a trap. Yeah, it's a trap. People get in. I had to go into debt to, to start mine. <laughs> oh, wow. wow yeah. When you started X27 or was this something before? Uh, when I started the first version of X27, which was a sales training company. Uh, yeah, I just put it all on credit cards. I think it went $9,000 in debt. Uh, I had sure. like a sales guy going. I had, I, I did it totally wrong. I don't recommend doing this. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I went on Upwork and I had a sales trainer totally outsourced. I had the uh, cold calling outsourced because I was selling lead gen. Yeah. And then I was just doing the sales myself. Actually, I, looking back, as I say that now, the only mistake I made was not outsourcing sales. Like, I had production fully outsourced. <laughs> Literally, if all I had to do was have a sales guy and I would have been totally fine. Wow. Mother that's crazy. <laughs> that's, that's, that's pretty wild. Your first, your first shot, man. That's pretty good. It wasn't my first shot. This was like X27 was maybe my fourth or fifth business. Uh, I tried doing a whole bunch of stuff, dude. I tried doing consulting. I tried doing like agile product development. Uh, and just nothing was working. This was my most serious shot because I, I really lucked out. My, uh, my CEO at the agency that I was working for. Uh, really gave me the opportunity. They became our first client. And so I had a little bit of uh, I had a little bit of a runway that I could go on. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. And they were, and he was letting me work out of his office too. Wow. Yeah. That's, some, that's great, man. That's definitely an advantage. Yeah. But that came from, from me generating results from him. You know, if, I feel like if I wasn't generating any results, he would, he would have kicked me out. <laughs> yeah. He would have given you the boot for sure. So you mentioned that, you know, if, if you get to the point where you're not too bent out of shape about your company falling apart, like that will help you to manage it. And you need to get to that point. How, it, like when did you get to that point? Was it just automatic from the start? You knew it's like no big deal. I'll recover. Or was there a certain point where you, you had enough experience to know that you could recover from just about anything? Uh, so I, I had that as a theory basically my entire life, you know, it's like, whatever, you know, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? I got to get a job. You know, <laughs> I don't know. I've worked at Jimmy John's before, you know, like, <laughs> I, what, what's the worst that will possibly happen? You know, yeah. um, as long as I, as long as I don't do like heroin or something, as long as I don't get into hard <laughs> drugs, I'm good to go. Yeah. 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 Um, so that there was that. And then I really learned it when the other company fell apart and I thought, and I basically on paper, my net worth was $10 million and then it went to zero. Uh, cause you know, it's like overnight. And then I was just playing a bunch of banjo, banjo kazooie drinking a lot. And I realized, uh, <laughs> I, I was thinking, I was like, is this my whole life now? You know, if I don't put this together you know, I'm done. Luckily that, luckily that only lasted like three days, right? Some people get stuck there for 20, 30 years. I don't know why that only lasted three days for me. Maybe it's a brutal honesty that I have with myself. <laughs> 
But I still got to play so much Banjo-Kazooie, you know? <laughs> I, I beat that entire game the, the first month that we really scaled X27. We closed 400000 in uh, annual recurring revenue, and I was playing a bunch of Banjo-Kazooie at the same time. The Banjo-Kazooie wow. actually drove me. <laughs> you had to get out of that. You had to get out of that spot. <laughs> yeah. Wow. 400000 man. That's really good. Just that quick. It was quick, but it's just because we had an offer that worked. So um, before we were selling this review, uh, but I didn't actually know how to frame it. And the, the big insight I had was I've, I've been working with this agency in New York and I was director of marketing and I know what works. And I have this video of him where he's talking about how much money we made him, which was a million dollars in six months, which is really yep. dope. And so the big insight I had was, let me just email a bunch of digital agencies and I will review their marketing materials and I'll figure out you know, opportunities for improvement. And so we charged 5K for that initial marketing review. Oh, and wow. I mean, that was, that was it. <laughs> as soon as you get the insight, it seems so obvious looking back. Um, but no, that was it. And then the marketing review was tied to a retainer. So once they do the review, uh, we went between four and $8,000 a month. And I mean, that's basically our business model still at X27. We've changed a little bit. Uh, we try to sell the retainer first and not the review now because yeah. um, we can sell year long now if we do that. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, that was basically, that was basically it. And that came from one of our clients. Uh, one of our clients we had really screwed up with at this other lead gen company and they were threatening to sue me. And I was like, what can I do? What can I do to make this up for you? Yeah. And then I, I think she was just lazy or something. She's like, well, I got all this marketing work I've been putting off. You know, if you could look at our social media and you just come up with like a plan of action for us, <laughs> then that'd be good to know. And I think we oh, owed them, like they could have, they could have taken like eight to $9,000 from me, you know? So I, I figured uh, this is probably worth eight to nine K, you know, we're <laughs> giving it yeah. to them for free. So yeah, no, I just took those same bullet points that she sent me uh, after I delivered the work and she was happy with it. And I, that's, those are the same bullet points I was sending to our clients. Like exactly what she asked for, like review of our Twitter, review of our Instagram, like whatever it was. Yeah. So she inadvertently just made you like hundreds of thousands of dollars basically. Yeah. I don't know why she couldn't have done it. Some people just don't see it. You know, they're not, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's wild. That's so that's super interesting. I just have a couple more. I know. I don't want to like cut too much in your day here. One of the ones is I'm sure you've seen this um, the whole, a lot of people have these case study funnels now where they go by a lot of different names, but usually someone lands on a page and they ask them to opt in for a case study, you know, to set up a sales call from there, et cetera. Have you seen those? What do you think of them? What should people change about how they're doing those types of funnels? Um, I would try to go for a direct sale. If you can't get a direct sale, the channel's not working. Simple as what that. Do you, what do you mean when you say direct sale? Because that, that can mean a lot of things to different people. I mean, you send somebody a cold email, they hop on a call with you, and within two calls, they pay you. And if you can't do that, the channel's not working. So maybe, um, so I mean, I have, I have seen this with AdWords. I have seen uh, this work for agencies with AdWords, but the problem is it costs eight or $900 to get a client, maybe more, which is cool. Like, yeah, if a client gives you 100K and you paid $800 for it, that's amazing. But I mean, with cold email, if, if a client costs you $8, this yeah. is a little better. Um, that's what, I don't know. I have AdWords running for X27 also, okay. but it's just like the numbers don't make 
like, why am I paying? So, that's all I, every time I look at my AdWords dashboard, I'm like, why am I paying so much for these clients when I can get the clients for free or basically free uh, using cold email and other channels like that? YouTube also has been huge for us. Really? How so? YouTube ads or just to attract warm leads? No, just using YouTube videos, um, you know, making tutorials on the stuff that we sell, which is sales training, mm -hmm. uh, sales consulting, cold email videos. Um, Actually, YouTube right now is, fun, is uh, fueling all f uh, four of our six companies, consulting wow. the course, uh, X27, and then we, we also charge for, for YouTube ads, so sponsored videos, and that's all yeah, coming yeah. From, our, from our YouTube. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, I would heard a lot of people say they use it. Is that mostly, are you getting people for the agency like coming to you just from seeing your tutorials and things? Yeah, so um, we, we don't do a case study. What we do is we have some uh, free thing that they download. So it's either our contract template or like our optimization checklist for cold email. Like we give something away for free and then they get hit with a bunch of emails that pitch, uh, autoresponder pitches the course. And then after that, uh, they're pitched on consulting and X 27. Oh, wow. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of similar. Yeah. Fair. Um, yeah. So the last thing I wanted to ask is, just in general, is there anything you see people doing in B2B sales that like they absolutely should stop? <laughs> and what would that yeah, the, the main thing is not having a customer in mind um, and not knowing what that customer, not knowing the benefits that customer gets from working with your agency. So for instance, you run, you do ads, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. What, who's the most successful client or like, what is like the business of the most successful client that you've had? Revenue, like yearly revenue, uh, profit for your agency plus results. Like who oh. has the most results and made you the most money? Hmm. Trying to think. Probably. So probably some of the larger e-commerce companies we work with. Like we have a couple who are just right around the eight figure mark yearly recurring revenue. So those are probably for us, like the best, highest paying, highest retainers. Yeah. Cool. Then focusing everything you have on those clients. That's basically it. So if you are the guys that only generate massive results for these specific, not just e-commerce, these specific e-commerce companies, you're over this amount of revenue. Maybe you're in these industries. Uh, that's where most business owners screw up. Uh, part one, where most business owners screw up. Part two is then framing, uh, everything towards the benefits of that. So it's like, uh, for you, it'd be, why work with an advertising company that works with all of these sorts of different businesses? How do you know they're gonna, like what's their, what's their e-commerce experience? We only generate you know, X percent return for e-commerce companies over 6 million in revenue or whatever it is, yeah. like getting that specific. Yeah. And that yeah. works. I mean, for X27, our, our slogan now is, we book meetings with billion dollar brands. That's it, you know, if you run a B2B company, you want more enterprise companies, you want more logos on your site, you know where to come. You know, we're not gonna spam for you. <laughs> we're just gonna get you high quality meetings. Yeah. But yeah, that's 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 going. Yeah, that's that's the big thing. It's just not being afraid to um mm -hmm. to to leave money on the table in theory, because it leads to a lot more money. A lot of a lot of agencies screw that up. They go they go super wide, uh, both with services and with the niches that they serve. And in marketing specifically, that's a killer. But in, in most businesses, that's a killer too. Yeah. Oh my God. And agencies, if your services are too wide. No, that's, that's awesome, man. Being willing to leave dollars on the table will get you more in the long run. 
I shouldn't agree well, yeah. with that's it's, it's if your services are too wide, so you're building websites and mobile apps and you're doing marketing. Mm. Which one of those are good? One. But then it's also the industries yeah. you target. Uh, you help grow you know, personal training businesses and multi-million dollar agencies and huge e-commerce companies and tech startups. Like, do you have <laughs> case studies for all those? Or? <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. That's, yeah. That would be tough. Uh, well, Alex, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on. Is there anything else that I forgot to ask you that you'd like to talk about or tell people about? Uh, to tell people about. If you want free stuff, uh, you can go over to b2bsalestraining.org. If you want to work with us and get some billion dollar brands, that's x27marketing.com. And if you want to join the course, learn how to get 100K clients with no case studies uh, and also do a cold email, that's epicmailmachine.com.